0: She took a mini ride, whatever, anywhere <laughs> if you're wondering what that's all about, you've got to watch this episode of Pipeline things where we answer all your questions about favorite karaoke music. Chris doesn't know don't stop believing. what's your favorite steak and you know other important things like emat related questions and what your favorite tool would be. really, it's a fun episode. Thank you so much for the questions that you gave us and for Uh, making 2022 a great year for pipeline things. And if you've ever wondered, a lot of you've asked if I play the piano, that's about the extent of it. We'll see you next year. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Pipeline Things. I am your host, Rhett Dotson, and I'm here with my co-host compadre, Mr. Christopher DeLeon. And we are here representing D2 Integrity. I think that's the first time that we've made that official. So yeah, a lot of you guys probably know. Uh, opening up if you watched our our last bit on LinkedIn uh, you heard that we had some big news coming well that is the news Christopher and I are officially on our own yeah. and representing d2i or d d2 integrity and excited to be with you yeah um, things have been really good uh, in uh, September and October so good that we find ourselves in my garage mm-hmm. that's right it's a great time of year it is it's winter uh, it's 46 degrees outside and we're working in my garage did you uh, take care of the office
1: space We have to have sales to pay for stuff like that. Uh, And actually, actually, if you think about it, a lot of really great things that started in garages. Yeah, (laughs) there's a few people
0: that are gonna get that reference to starting in garages for sure.
1: But think about it, right? Because then, like, this is a great start. We could like add this to like our marketing and be like, "Hey, we started in our garage," and like we could like link that to other things that started in their garages, and they could like start on the front of all of our powerpoints and all that, and we can show our journey. Like, it'd be cool, dude. I was
0: thinking a lot of ways, you know, that could go. So, and all of
1: yous are going to be part of that. Yeah. So
0: if you're watching on YouTube, you're getting a view inside my garage. Please, I don't need comments about the fact that I need to clean up. I don't know. I was actually wondering. I, we might be above the, the not the LEL limit, but the exposure limit to, to is, is it benzines or whatever? Yeah. It's a little bit of a smell of gas from the, I'm one of the few people again that cuts my grass out there. Yeah. So uh, hopefully it doesn't affect our report quality or anything like that, you know. But this is fun. It is. It's fun. normally not this cold here. Y'all know that, right? No, for real. It is normally not this cold in Texas, but it's been exciting. So, uh, you know where we're going to be going? Uh, just so you guys are looking forward to it. We also took a little bit of a break from the podcast and I really want to say how much I appreciate the number of people who reached yep. out to us asking about—I mean, probably the number one thing that people ask me—is they found out that we were starting our own company. Was I don't what know are if they doing? care
1: that we started our own company. It's no, they're just no. interested in the podcast. Yeah, for real. Yeah. People are like, "What are you it's doing?" It's like, with the "Hey, podcast? so what are you doing?" Okay, wait, never mind. So when's your next episode? Yeah. Um, <coughs> so
0: a couple of things. Let you guys know on that. Uh, we are still proudly working with Adv Marketing and yeah. Miss Producer. She is still with us. I don't know if she's reluctantly <laughs> with you,
1: us. Or. You know, I I I bet she had to be convinced. Um. I'm I'm convinced of no, that. No. Uh,
0: you, Miss Producer, will shoot their show uh, because they're paying for it. Uh, so, no, but we are so excited to continue working with them. And, uh, you know, the timing of taking the break was really good for us, yeah. Chris. Um, uh The podcast has been really, really well received. Thank you guys out there. Yeah. Uh, so much so that Chris and I really felt like we needed to take a little bit of time and and put some effort into where we wanted to take it with 2023. So 2022, look, it, full transparency, guys. Yep. We shoot from the hip on most of the episodes. We have a topic, and we run with it. Yeah.
1: Um, but it's but it, it's relevant, though, right? I mean, it is. We kind of started the podcast with that, right? When we did our first episode, it was after um, IDT Expo, and it was like, hey, let's – Let's, let's talk about relevant things, time-sensitive exactly. things. So that's kind of what we've done. And we're going to continue that trend. That's not going to change. Or if you were brave enough to come visit us at our office, All we'll right. just like surprise you and say, hey, yeah. sit so down. So thank you to the
0: dirt merchant. We're you might end up in our truck. doesn't know where you're going to be. <laughs> uh, but what we want to do in 2023 is continue that moving <laughs> forward. Uh, but we're going to be very uh, intentional with yep. designing some arcs. Uh, We chose that word arc uh, against Miss Producer's wishes because it kind of goes along with Marvel and story arcs. Nothing to do with Noah, right? uh, Anime. No, not that type of arc. ARC, not ARK. Yeah, we're escaping in a flood. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be the um, only survivors. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Get the animals on aboard! Um, but no, so we're going to be doing kind of uh, episode arcs in 2023, and we're going to be really reaching out to some guests yep. and being very intentional about um, about bringing those guests on. And so really, really excited about that, but it takes a little more planning than showing up and being like, hey, um, what are we going to shoot about today? And so again, yeah, yeah. really looking forward to that in 2023, and you guys can look forward to it today. But that is not today's episode. I
1: think we should give a spoiler on like what how, like what well, some then of you have the to live up to it
0: then you have to live up to it
1: yeah well we said we we're going to plan it right
0: you know what else is fabulous we actually intended to shoot today's episode on a disc golf course and it's 18 mile per hour winds outside and it's 46 degrees so that didn't work out well not for us
1: um, we so were both born thing. and raised in well i was born and raised in texas the best, the best
0: laid could. plans can change yeah. so if you want to tell them the spoiler
1: about what we're thinking about in 2023 go ahead just recognize this tbd man yeah. So our, our our first arc in twenty twenty three, we wanna include components of us being at PPIM. So we think that's gonna be exciting. So we'll do we'll do some of our shoots at PPIM and uh focus on activities that are then in there. So it's the whole idea of just being relevant and, and being plugged into what's going on.
0: Yeah, hoping to hit up maybe with some technology providers, some other things. It's gonna be um yeah. it's gonna be a lot of fun. I always love PPIM every year and definitely looking forward to we that. We gotta be creative though. We gotta figure out how to do it. Creative. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on If at PPIM. you would like to film an episode in my garage, we will create that for you. No, you that's where you need to <laughs> chill with your expectations. If you have a garage that we can shoot in, we would gladly shoot in that garage. Um, my goodness, but today's episode's fun. Last time it was really fun. It yeah. ended in us arm wrestling. Today's episode's yeah. a Q&A episode are you and ready please, for this i
1: i'm actually i'm not gonna lie i think our our following base is a little bit bigger now so i'm a little did, bit Dude, we concerned. got a bunch of questions and Look this. Got, yeah and now yeah. miss producer did it differently so one this we, is a we, true grab bag yeah, episode yeah we, we legitimately have not read these miss producer nope. is pretty adamant about not and letting so, us see those. let
0: me explain this if again if you're not on youtube uh, i have two bags in my hands and this isn't uh, the sandwich size this is like the weird the snack, snack size one, yeah. bag which is kind of odd but yeah. they are doubles over so she buys high quality bags we yeah. know that about her
1: um we're not being charged the, for these or Zip-Lock those are bags, hers, are we? That, I don't no, know we you said they were the weird ones, so that means she buys the weird bags. So you wow. have learned a little bit about the life of Miss Producer. Yes, she packs tiny bags. sandwiches or tiny snacks. One of these is she cuts the crust off of the sandwiches. <laughs> no, and
0: it do you cut the crust oh. off the sandwich? That is what okay, she good. does. Okay, good. She does do it. Um, <laughs> one of these is serious questions. One of them's jokes, and yeah. I don't know which is which. So you got to choose a bag. Which bag do you want? You trying to read it? You are gonna put it up on your forehead and try and do? I was like, trying to do
1: the Yoda thing where it like lifts and it chooses show? the one for us. Right, well, we got all right, we'll back do this one. Yeah, here we go. I'll go first. All right. Uh, how do I get to answer the first question? We reserve the right to stop the show. What at if any we don't remember time? like the content of the show that they're asking us a question for? We filmed it. We should oh, remember boy. it. All right, oh boys. Here we go. All right. I don't know if this is serious or not. <laughs> how many lifelines do we get? Out. Oh, I got. The, how many lifelines do we get? I
0: got the joke questions, if you're wondering. So you got the serious boy. This question. Do I read out who asked it? No, I'll let them be anonymous. No, don't do that. Would you rather be Batman or Robin... And why? Oh, this is this is. Uh, I know what yours is because you go to every yeah. restaurant and you sign mm-hmm. up as Batman. Yeah, so that- if you've
1: ever been with me to any place where they take your order, like I always say, it's Batman, and it's, it's it annoys a lot of people. Some people don't in so much that there's this one Starbucks internationally that I went to enough to where after months of going, I would show up and order my flat white, and they were like, "You got it, Batman." I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering if the person who asked that question knew <laughs> it about you.
0: Oh yeah. man! So I um, you know. I think... Oh, God, I hate... That's such a cheap answer to say... Because they know, both
1: you, lost their parents. What I, what I mean, you I have to be say, kind of picky. But I was my answer was, yeah. like, you have
0: to do both. But if yeah. I say you have to do both, no. that sounds cheap. But I think Batman was the leader. I think the reality is I like to see myself as Robin, the support mm. player. Um, so, like, a lot of times I think in Christopher and I's relationship yep. that we have... Um, there's a lot of, of, I'll be honest with you, me kind of following the direction of where you want to take things. Uh, I offer a lot of criticism to that. <laughs> Violent disagreement Violent is your disagreement, choice of words. But I, I think, uh, I actually a lot of times think of myself as Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan and you flip it around and say I'm Michael I'm more Jordan. Din- and I'm lie. more the Dennis Rodman. You are Dennis Rodman. It's probably yeah. true. So I think that that's it. I'm going to say I'm Robin and he's Batman because he has to be.
1: Yeah. So. But I want to clarify. I think I'm like Frank Miller Batman. Okay. Like the Dark Knight, not the... Not the George Cuny.
0: I'd like to see you do that voice for the whole show. It would would be great if uh,
1: DC (laughs) would make a better Batman movie, though. (laughs) Anyways, all right, my turn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Dude, I'm excited. Let's go. What are the odds of me pulling the one that I saw on LinkedIn, too? Come on. Okay. Give it. Oh, we're not giving the name, but you know who you are. All right. If you dig an ILI call and your NDE contractor reports mm. no crack found, is that a good call or a bad call? What should you do? Um,
0: so you wow. go out in the field. You're expecting to find a yep. crack. You don't find anything. Is it a good call or a bad call? Um, There's so I do ways I don't, take this. I don't I don't like good and bad or subjective, but yeah. let's start with it. Is it good from the operator from a standpoint of you don't have that threat on your line? Potentially, yes. Yeah. Is it, is it bad? And I don't like necessarily bad. I'd say challenging now because you might have trouble verifying the ILI data, right? So yeah. if you're running into a bunch of, of false calls or you're running into a bunch of locations where you're not finding cracks, my first suggestion is do not assume that the ILI is wrong first. Yeah, Check and make sure, to be honest, and it's going to sound silly, make sure you're not in the wrong location, make sure you have the right technology, make sure you're on the right position of the pipe, double, triple check to make sure you're in the right place. Yeah. Um, then you've got to go back to your ILI vendor and start trying to figure out, hey, why is it that I might not be seeing anything? Um, I would say I have seen instances where we had... 18 or 19 calls on a single joint of pipe, and it was very clear that the reflections were due to something else, coding Bingo. or something else makes sense. Yep. That's different than if you systematically dig in six different locations and you strike out every time. Yep. At that point, I do think you've got to collaborate with a vendor and find out if there's something systematically going on with that ILI.
1: Yep, Back to we, you. Might, we might need to rapid fire these a little bit. But yep, let's do it. I, all right. I'm, hold on, I'm going to, I'll add a couple of things. So Inga sponsored a EMAT guidance mm-hmm. document. So a little plug for the EMAT guidance document. A couple of things. Number one is it's, um, what do you do? Um, some learnings that we've had from that is is that ILI tools consistently prove your threat susceptibility models wrong, right? So don't just lean on what you expected. Um, you kind of got to integrate all of that information. The other thing we would say is it's, he said the word crack. Um, there is also crack-like, right? So the E-MAT or the UCD tool could be finding any kind of reflector that is sharp, steep side corrosion, maybe manufacturing flaw, any inhomogeneity in the pipe. So um, it, I wouldn't say that it's good or bad. I think you need to understand it Shameless better. Shameless
0: plug for the Inga J.I.P.
1: Hey, yeah. well done, Chris. All right, yeah. rapid fire.
0: Favorite cut of steak and how do you like it cooked? And oh. this person felt the need to give us an example of an acceptable answer. My favorite steak cut is bone and ribeye, and I like it cooked medium rare plus. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking they might be asking. I us think to they wanted to take steak. them to a okay, steak. Okay, we will take you yeah. to a steakhouse. So
1: two things on that one. Number one, I would say Quick. mine is easy. Mine is a New York strip, and it's medium rare. Go. Mine's the same. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I hate to be
0: taking. I'm not yeah. a filet person. But
1: I will say this: if uh, if you're cooking it, you're not doing it on the grill. Just don't ever go back for that. steak. There you Your turn.
0: All right. Got to try and be rapid fire here. You
1: have to, you have to use a grill if you're going to. You know, I make think there's a reason
0: I got all the technical
1: You can't questions. use an oven. If you're using an oven, you need to use a think acceptable to finish it in, it in an oven. If it's not a filet, we it's meal, acceptable to finish it in, it in an oven. oven. No, you're not. We're going to have to take a break. All right. I saw a discussion on estimating pit geometry inside corrosion. Corrosion in corrosion seems to still be an art. Can you discuss resolution with sensor size, signal digitization methods, sensor liftoff, tool velocity, and all other significant variable uncertainties? Can you use distributions to better find these little threats? Oh, boy, 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 There's a whole lot. I think that question cuts to the core (laughs) of the
0: discussion we had around R-string. Here's what I'm going to say. Everything that you hit on in that question, which is the signal digitization, the speed of the tool, they just hit on factors that influence the ability of MFL to, to yep. appropriately discretize the corrosion corrosion pit. Those are the questions you need to have anytime you're gonna use R string on a complex geometry. That's the simple answer to that. Yeah. I don't think I want to go into all the reasons why on, on this episode you need to do that. It's interesting because they mentioned probabilistics. In some way, that's what I heard. That's the premise of the, the, the P-squared method. So the new P2 method, which is yep. the probab- plausibility profiles. Yep. The idea behind the plausibility profiles is that if you take data from an MFL that's discretized on some level, then in theory you can draw a whole bunch of different profiles and you should get convergence based on the distribution of those profiles. So it kind of takes the aggregate of all the errors that we described and then comes up with, you know, uh, let's say a most probable answer. Yep. So that's my rapid fire answer.
1: Cool, like I, I'm gonna try to speak to each of these little components real quick, cause I love it when you guys submit questions, so keep it up. <clears throat> can you discuss resolution with sensor size? Absolutely, so basically when you have a sensor, you want the sensor to be smaller than the thing you're looking for for best case scenario. So that's one of the first things you can look at when you're looking at an ILI system, right? So what's the size threat you're looking for? and how does the sensor that you're trying to measure compare. You also want to think of two things. Number one, is it an MFL sensor or a UT sensor? Right, so UTs are more direct measurements, so those you'll render those differently, whereas MFL, Those are usually on some kind of calibration curve where their algorithm matters more. So that's kind of the first part. The second part is digitization, a signal digitization method. Exactly that. If it's UT, it's a little bit better direct measurement. And so you really consider yourself more on the sensor size and the type that you're looking for. Look at you diving in. Yep. MFL. Um, that's this is where you, the definition of rapid fire Yeah, I'm, I'm going fast On the MFL one, you want to understand how they're looking for things like pinholes or pits So if you see an MFL tool that's saying, hey, we can do pinholes or we can do pits and pits You need to think of, okay, what's the sensor size And how are you turning a flux leakage oh, indication into something digitized Last leak. one Uh, Sensor liftoff and velocity. Uh, Sensor liftoff is more prone for metal loss. Uh, For UT, they can measure that. And for tool velocities, um, MFLs are very forgiving. UTs are less forgiving. Uh, Talk to your vendor. Ask them all of these questions. Great job, bud. This is why I wish we could have seen
0: the questions beforehand.
1: We could have executed this
0: so much better.
1: Well, there's always an opportunity. Go to
0: karaoke song. (sighs) Sing the chorus.
1: I've never done karaoke. Not once.
0: Seriously, I've never done karaoke. Oh, dude, it's it's there's. I mean, you were in a fraternity. Y'all had parties. What song did you sing at night? Pour some sugar on it. <laughs> you gonna do that? You pour <laughs> some. I, I can totally see you dancing to that. All right, well then I'll go. Uh, I mean, come on. It's gotta be. Karaoke. Journey. Don't stop believing. Right? Oh my god. Don't
1: oh my stop. Believe. This is terrible. This is terrible. Why on earth did you pick that? journey is an are you amazing gonna do it group. on a piano too you're gonna sit there doing this thing and you're getting little tips at the top of the piano you know you're in my garage and i can <laughs> throw you out that's totally within my right. You do have a piano and <laughs> bring a keyboard and you just sit start doing I don't know music. if I could play that. All right. That's a hard one. I don't know if I would do karaoke. What's yours? like baby got back? No, it would not be that. <laughs> I would probably say if I had to do something, I don't I don't know what I would karaoke. It's not my style. Way to it's answer the question. Wait what song do you sing in the truck when you're alone? A lot of stuff. I don't know. This is this is just a not this is not a CDL question. I don't do karaoke. I'm one of those guys that would just sit down and not do it. Wow. Sorry. To the person who asked that question,
0: I apologize.
1: Yeah, not doing it. Go Sorry. On. Moving on. I think he just refused.
0: The I don't karaoke. I
1: don't karaoke. All right,
0: what's this one? I don't know what I would pick. Let's go.
1: Last Fine. question. You know, you know what I would do? Here we go. Ready? I would probably do... Pink Limousine? Pink Cadillac? Oh, well, it's like a super cliche song right now.
0: Something by Taylor Swift. That's what you would do. You would do Taylor Swift.
1: I would do Tay-Tay. I would, pick, I would say pick oh any Tay-Tay song, and I would do it. There you go. Bad Blood. Baby, because right. you know we got Bad Blood. It's probably that one. Because Kendrick Lamar's it. All right, in right. It. viewers are going That's down. That's it.
0: Viewers are going down. Taylor Swift and Kendrick question. Lamar,
1: Bad Blood. All right, <clears throat> next question. Okay. All right. Uh, these are the serious questions, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. If IMU is run on every inspection, mm. is that considered periodic monitoring for outside forces? Do you have to supplement with PM measures even with periodic monitoring? Aren't you reviewing a geohazards program right now? I am. Uh, so I'm sure you have
0: fresh thoughts about that. As with anything, yeah, as with anything, uh, whether or not it's periodic monitoring, uh, re- I'd say in most cases the answer is going to be. That it won't happen on enough of a frequency to really address a, a truly active geohazard? Mm. The, 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 the shorter answer is that it depends on the severity of your geohazard and the propensity for it to have uh, episodic movement mm. or rapid change, right? Yep. So if you have uh, the, the, a likelihood that you can have an instantaneous event, monitoring every five or seven years and periodically inspecting is probably not sufficient. Um, if you have something that you're not expecting to move or you know is moving on a non-episodic manner, so very slow, maybe less than an inch per year, yep. then yeah, I think you can absolutely use that as your monitoring solution. So I think bending strain strength is not in a monitoring solution. Its strength is in its ability to characterize and identify the impact on the pipe and then potentially you have it in your back pocket for those slow-moving or the ones you expect to be stable.
1: Yep, and we That's talked about answer. this on the
0: Dirt Merchant Absolutely. episode, right? Here, so,
1: here's the adder I would say is it depends what your plan says, right? So what I would say is two, which we're going to talk about in our next episode, highlights this a little bit, right? Mm. So if you think it's an extreme weather event, then you should respond to it a little bit more quickly. Um, and if you know that you've already got a geohazards program and you know that you have the threat but you don't have any active Threats that you need to manage on a more frequent basis, then I would say, yeah, running your IMU along with your traditional integrity assessments works. Let's just say one thing. Regardless
0: of what you think about its ability to be periodic, please run IMU and please have it in your contract to get the data every time. You got to the it. data.
1: If you have a caliper report and you have an MFL report, a UT report, a crack report, why don't you have an IMU report? Bingo. Get the IMU report. Do
0: it. All right. Hey, this is the point where we're going to take a break. We're going to yep. let, I uh, think, ADB Marketing give us a little brief thing and we'll be right back. I am the managing director and co-founder of ADV Marketing. We get the honor of working with Rhett and Christopher to produce this crazy podcast and also work with them on any other initiatives that they have when it comes to marketing. And if you know them or are listening to this podcast, you know that it gets pretty crazy around here. So we have a lot of fun with them. ADV Marketing is a full-service business-to-business marketing agency. Um, We specialize in service companies and technology companies. So if you are enjoying listening to this podcast and the fun that they're having, reach out to us and see how we can make your marketing fun. All right, welcome back to... Pipeline things and the QA episode. Really, um some good questions. So, we're going to keep going here. Uh, you found out what stakes we like. You found out whether or not I'm Batman and Robin. You got to learn a little bit of IMU again. Uh, and actually, these are these are really good questions. So, I appreciate the opportunity we to did answer. We didn't
1: technically answer the PM component on IMU. Do you need um, additional PM? And,
0: you know, the answer is going with the depends. metallurgist friends. It depends. That's the correct yeah, answer. It depends. And, uh, again, I did a whole presentation on AGA about various PNM measures and the difference. Um, and that, again, goes back to that episode we talked to with Alex where we went through each one of them. From everything from the uh, piezometers. Uh, <laughs> you got it right. I will five never pronounce the piezometers again. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to need a full five minutes to read this question. All right. Let's go. I'm guessing Thank you. I'm
1: answering first now.
0: Okay, given that dent depth is an unreliable indicator of dent severity and prone to measurement error, yep. since depth is a function of internal pressure,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you guys see as a viable method for meaningfully validating a geometry tool's performance? Would you compare mm-hmm. outputs from shape-based integrity assessments, or would you say it's not possible to meaningfully validate geometry tool performance for anything other than dent depth at this point? Do you want it, or you want me to take it?
1: That's a that's a great question. Yeah, I'll I'll say it this way. Rapid fire. Yeah, I would say that um, when you perform an Ili, if it's your integrity assessment, you're validating two things, not just one. And it's important for us Mm. to think that way. The one there is a you have to validate the Ili. Data, But then you also have to validate the ILI assessment, which is the Mm -hmm. engineering assessment. And so I would say one way to think about it for sure is it's if you are able to effectively manage the pipeline's integrity using the program that you have in place and your performance measures that show that, I would say then you have validated the ILI assessment. And I think that that's a catch-all. So, and another thing, if you're going to validate the ILI data, I would say you can always leverage level one in 1163, which is comparing it to large scale data and previous assessments. So I would say that's usually a pretty effective way to manage third party damage.
0: So uh, my perspective is, uh, I think regardless of what you do, you're not going to capture a dent alone, a depth alone in the ditch. I think the reason that everything was, was driven by depth as a comparison is that that was the original regulatory requirement. So we needed to know whether we were 2%, 6%, so on and so forth. Uh, when you really want to validate the tool, you're going to have to get all the information pertaining to shape and the pressure at which it was captured. Um, if you do that, uh, and the person who asked that question is aware of this, If the depths alone don't match, then you can work backwards and find out what the depth was at the time of the pressure. You can reflect the history and you can truly determine whether or not through a combination of numerical analysis and your shape measurements and the condition of the dent, whether or not the the tool was accurate at the time it passed for the condition of the dent. But that's an onerous exercise to do on a per-dent basis. Yeah. Um, I really like how you divided the assessment from the tool. I yeah. think at a, at a first pass, if you're seeing pretty wide differences between reported dent depths in unrestrained dents, so top sides, not yep. bottom sides, and not restrained by rock, I think you do have a challenge that you should take up with the operator and, or the vendor, and you can do that really on the basis of depth alone to start the conversation. The assessment, you absolutely need to be validating, and I tell operators this, you should be getting the full 3D profile, no matter what assessment method you're doing. If you're doing SCFs, compare your calculated SCF before and after in the ditch. Compare your strain before and after in the ditch. Compare your shape parameters before and after in the ditch, because ultimately, that tells you how accurate you should be. So again, I think you capture all the information and compare it back to the tool, but you do have to understand that the condition of the dent at the time it was seen related to restraint and I thought pressure. I rapid fire. I know. I'm sorry. Man, I apologize. That was terrible. But It was such a good question. It was
1: so deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go, man. It's your turn. All right. If you haven't noticed, we switched. The Not, cold is slowing you down.
1: No, no. So if you haven't noticed, we switched the questions out, So I get the fun ones. Let's see if this one's any good. You ready? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, what is your favorite disc golf manufacturer? And what are your favorite discs? Oh man, and I'll do this one. I'll do this one real quick. So
0: I have. Um, I, I think my favorite manufacturer. I don't think it's because I necessarily love them, mm. but Inova just makes a lot of discs, and they're really well documented. So that's like go to, right? But that's mm-hmm. like saying that Spalding's your favorite basketball manufacturer. Yep. I mean, it, it's hard to get away from that. I think the disc itself is what is is most important. I personally really love sidewinders right hmm. now so this and i have a particular sidewinder that if i threw it into a lake i would jump into the lake to go get it even today as cold as it is because i really figured out how to make that particular disc sing and so i love it um for a putting approach my favorite is the sensei and so i, I honestly live on on those two desks
1: just two discs
0: yeah well as some other ones you know again I think I'm, I'm getting into enough now where I, I look at various weights of the Sidewinder because that influences how stable it flies for me in and, and, and a way that I can very clearly see. But I, I,
1: the Sidewinder is the right speed. The only thing I can think of when you say the Sidewinder is that snake that goes sideways dude, to walk just, forward. Love, like, that's gangster. I love, I love the disc. So okay. That's all I'm saying. What about you? Um, I would say I, I'm not that deep into into disc golf yet. That's yeah, true. I, I give you a different one every time we go yeah, play. Yeah, and I would say uh, what I've noticed so far is I throw really hard. So the disc that I seem uh, to enjoy the most right now is the Corvette because it has a high speed rating. So I throw it hard. Man, I played with Taylor the other day. And he threw that straight. disc
0: like 450 yeah. feet. Threw it like a beast. Yeah, you do have yeah. that. The disc is like a 14 speed.
1: Yeah, it is. And so I throw really hard. And so I like the Corvette and I like mm. the weight of it. <clears throat> I'd say that. And then, um... I don't know how to say this one, but I, I like the flat putters. You know the ones that are kind of round? Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're blunt on the end. I can't speak to those. I don't, know, I don't know what brand they are. Sorry. But like you, I think I like to stick to just two or three discs. I'm not one of those guys that can walk around with 30 discs cool. yet because I don't know how to use them. I stick to two. No, get good I, at them I don't and have 30.
0: I have seven, but I throw the same three. And then to be honest, I've got a, I've got a Champion Valkyrie yeah. that I use as my backhand disc. So when I'm backhanding, I have a, a Valkyrie is the way that I go um and i can use that in certain other times so my my go-to is definitely the sidewinder that's think a good that the, question do you
1: think the disc matters
0: it does it does oh it absolutely does what about the weather oh yeah wind matters and there's a bunch of people that are going to make fun of me because i lost to a left-handed thrower the other day who's traditionally right-handed and he rubbed it in well done <laughs> all right uh chris this is a good one for you because all right. let's go i don't know how i want to i don't know how i actually want to well answer i'll go this first go one. ahead no. um what are your thoughts on triaxial MFL sensor technologies <laughs> that have started to be implemented by vendors in recent years?
1: Good job. I'm sorry. I didn't even hear what you said. This is fantastic. I cannot wait to answer this one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I did not hear you what you You ignored my question. I did not hear what you said. Go ahead. What's wrong with you? I can't. <laughs> we didn't get any, any questions
0: on fantasy football. Go what on. are your thoughts on triaxial MFL sensor technologies that have started to be implemented
1: by vendors in recent years? That is a good question. Um, I would say triaxial sensors have been around for a long time. That is true. They're not recent. Um, That's the first thing. The second thing is it's, um, I would say that uh, that was one of the more recent, it is one of the more recent innovations in MFL technology that should be used more. And I would say that as an ILI, uh, former an ILI company, I think that operators um, maybe didn't have enough interest in the use of a triaxial sensor to where the full advantage of it was being used. And so what I would say is, um, I think that the triaxial sensor, even though you're still looking at the same magnetic orientation, um, has a lot of value in the secondary and and, and third, um, um, I guess not sensors, but the data that it provides. I would say that um, it's a great question for you to talk to your ILI vendor That's about, bingo. because uh, some, some when you see, I'll end it with this. When you see that there are different specifications available for an ILI system, normally it's because they're leveraging that triaxial technology. If they have one specification and they say they use triaxial sensors, I would say it's worth you having a meeting with that vendor to understand how they're using it because a lot of times they'll say it's in the algorithm, but if they're truly using it, they'll be able to show you how each component for either a pinhole or a pit or like an axial slotting type feature, or a general corrosion to find a pit within a broader pool, how those triage sensors are used. Otherwise, it's just marketing material. I think you said it best. Talk to your vendor. Um, if somebody
0: is espousing something as a separator or a differentiator technology, yeah. show me. You know, I mean, there's, show me, trust show me, the verify. There's a whole bunch of different ways we can say it. Yeah. I think the reality is we all recognize that sometimes uh, capabilities or uh, might, might get overstated a little bit, yeah. But I don't like to just be dismissive, you know, and be a Luddite, so to speak. I
1: think you, you have to embrace changes in technology and evaluate it. And I would say the analyst has a component there, but usually with the volume of features that ILIs are having to assess, the algorithm in which they're applying the of sensors is fundamental. So okay. I start there. Hey, show me your algorithm. Last technical. Show me your
0: analyst. Last technical question, so all we got left is a fun one. Let's
1: go. <laughs> you dropped it.
0: <laughs> you started laughing at this one, so it better be good. <laughs> this is I I like this one. <laughs>
1: Because I know which one you are. (laughs) If you were a tool, which one would you be? Oh,
0: come (laughs) on.
1: I it's a given. I'm a
0: middle child. Uh, I'm the geometry so tool. Funny. We did a whole episode on that. But maybe, maybe it's, it's you know in light you of the this technical question we got, it's difficult to validate me. Why? Boom. Why? It's Why? difficult
1: to validate me. Why? So you basically you're like a metallurgist now. You can just say whatever and Boom, you there you go prove me wrong. <laughs> prove me wrong. That's it. You can't measure my shape.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, man. what about you? What are you? Oh god. <coughs>
1: Are you the EMET technology? No, I am not an EMET technology. I would, I, I, think I would align myself more with the traditional MFLA tool. Just overall well-rounded, mm. do a lot of things, maybe not super specialized in one in particular. Um, just it's like your baseline. I like it. Really? It's robust. Cool. That's a good it question. Has, that is. Yeah, yeah I love that. But I, I use nice. traxial sensors. There, there, there's three components to me. There, there's three different dimensions. Oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. Well, <laughs> give us the next one. We're gonna finish these up. All right. I think, this is I, I think we only got one left. No. Oh, is that it? Yeah. We oh got it man. that long. Yeah, yeah we, we got one left. Oh, man. Skirt Oh, my God. How are we going to answer this one? I, I don't think he actually thought this was going to come on the show. Did he? Let me see. Do we have to trash are it? Are you we ready? ending on the trash? No. Portion? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Waldo? <laughs> Where's Waldo? Yeah. Uh, what's with silent letters? <laughs> and who framed Roger Rabbit (laughs) I think that's a wrap (laughs)
0: Uh, I think that's where we should have had Miss Producer maybe skim the questions just slightly um, yeah, that's yeah, but well, in all fairness, I thought maybe they were going with the Easter eggs that we leave randomly in the show, yeah, right? So been, that would
1: have been a better one. Uh
0: You guys get a taste. Hopefully, if you do pay attention, there's always random Easter eggs in the
1: background in the of we the should, video. We should, we should put that in somewhere. Like, if you can name and it's fun. But three what, of you, the three hmm. Easter eggs. There's like some kind of like a kind of like a hundred dollar Chick fil A gift card. Yeah. yeah. So um I think speaking that of where funny. is Alex? Wasn't he going to bring a Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many jokes there
0: on that uh, Yeah, you know, but that that's um, That's really funny So you get a glimpse into us Which is, we're definitely Like, we're pretty nerdy uh, And yeah. I don't mind saying that yeah. You know, I uh, Even my wife is like What are you watching When she walks in And like Demon Slayer mm. Or something else is on But, hey, you know Dragon Ball Z All that I, I'll go I the like other
1: way stuff, I you know? just bought FIFA 23 And I don't know if I'm beatable So if you want to challenge I don't know if I'm beatable us, I'm just uh, saying Can that. you play
0: two versus two?
1: I'm just saying. Dude, I we don't could know if team up. We could issue a FIFA 2023 challenge, <laughs> and like, but not to everyone. We'd have to figure out how to filter that. Ooh, yeah. we could totally do it. Like, cause we got work to do. We can't just. True we not. can't just. We can't just FIFA our way through. On that note, a we probably
0: need to do work so we get enough money to move <laughs> out of my garage because I don't know if yeah. this producer's coming back. But seriously, you guys, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully, you know, again, really want to say that we appreciate y'all's yeah. support on pipeline things. We appreciate all the love that uh, you guys have given us even got a few shout-outs when we were at IPC. Um, that was that was really yeah. cool. And we look forward to 2023. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, you know, we're coming up on the holidays. Thanksgiving's next week, so it's a chance just to say how much we're thankful for you guys, uh, thankful for the pipeline industry. Yeah. And uh, we hope all of you guys really uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Hope they enjoy it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Enjoy yeah. your holidays. And uh, we will see you back in 2023. Again, I am your host, Rhett Dotson. Thing
1: one? We're not doing things. Oh, we're, we're just co-host Red Dodd Singer and hey Chris and We'll see you back <laughs> in 2023. <laughs>